GM friends and welcome to the future of gaming. This is your weekly blockchain gaming roll-up. It's been a hot week. We are recording this on the 2nd of September 2022. We've got Devin Becker, we've got Philip Collins and we have a special guest today coming in live from Singapore, Ryan Fu. And we have myself, Nico Vreke. Ryan, what's up, man? Hi. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Excited to talk about in Limit Break and Digitagaku today. Yeah. But then Dude. otherwise, yeah, doing well, man. Happy. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like a sick setup. By the way, this is a, we, we have to re-record this because Ryan messed up everything, the first recording. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's not going to touch his mic and it's all going to be okay. There we go. Yeah, we'll be all right. Good. Yeah. So sure. main topic this week, lots of things happened, but I think everyone wants to talk about limit break, breaking fundraising limits. And that's a terrible pun. And I didn't make that up. I blame Devin for that one. Um, so yeah, it seems like they raised $200 million over multiple rounds with, I heard, a last valuation of $1.8 billion. Um, they've been working on something for more than a year. Yes, uh, we want to learn more. Ryan, you have been jamming with Gabe Layden on Twitter. So maybe you can you can give some, some context to people, maybe, maybe start like from the start because there's you know there's not too much to start with um what happens yeah. and, and where are we now so i can contextualize like the history or like this basically a timeline right so yeah. my understanding is about 12 months ago uh gabe Lade, of course like gabe Layden left uh, mz right i think about 2018 thereabouts went to spin out the data science slash the real-time data you know visualization slash like um that that data engine right out of out of MZ, they called it Satori, right? And he's working on that for a while. I think in uh, about 2021, late, uh, early 20, early 2021, late 2020 was when they, they said like, all right, um, you're gonna leave and start uh, this company, Limit Break, right? So that was, I think when they when they did the, the seed round, that was also the timing where I believe uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy on Colossus invited them, uh, or Gabe Layden onto the podcast and he talked a bit about like web-free gaming, Right, talk talked a bit about like potential of free gaming and the like. So that was that was my understanding of the timeline anyway. So then the first race happened in the second race, right? So within the span of twelve months, uh, they raised two hundred million at a total of one point yeah, one point seven five or one point eight billion, one point nine billion valuation in that in that general I would say uh, range. Right? Uh so it was only recently, within the last month that they really ramped up like uh press. So you know, the first 11 months was like pure stealth mode. They have 50 employees now, right? Most of them are ex-machine zone folks or hired within the next like three to six, like the last three to six months. I would say that, um, I would say that they came out with guns blazing about like 25 days ago, 24 days ago now to date, right? And that involved the stealth mint of their Digidagaku collection, right? Interestingly enough, uh, it's like 2022 of them, uh, same as the year. That we're in right and uh there's only 2022 of them and they're branded as like uh back then that they, they didn't have any kind of uh explanation of what they were right they're mystical beings daigaku means like college girl by the way or college student i believe in a in so a cringe. japanese oh. <laughs> digital college college uh waifus yeah so if, if not familiar these are like these 2d jpegs right of these like cute girls in various costumes they're like holding lollipops or like uh, microphones or yeah wearing you know various clothing parkas sometimes of course yeah and depending on the weather <laughs> anyway enough of all that okay. uh <laughs> quick, quick quick roll yeah. call who is into anime from you guys i enjoy, I, I i've been known to enjoy some anime but i'm not like far on the spectrum you, yeah, yeah. Okay. i've, I've like at attack on titan and stuff like that you know I, I burned yeah. myself out on it younger, so I, uh, okay. I'm 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 over it for now. Phil, no, I've I've never gotten too deep into it, but I feel like I need to to get a little bit more in just for the sake of feeling more cultured in this space. Yeah, yeah. like people ask that, me uh, like, are you are you into anime? And I'm like, man, not really. And then they ask me what my first favorite game was, and then I answer Pokemon. So it's I don't know, it's it's kind of mixed, you know. Apparently. Pokemon is also anime, which I didn't realize until recently. But uh, anyway, so we have cute little anime girls that are currently at a floor price of, um, let me answer that in like one $22, minute. $22,000. How many? 
Yeah. $22,000, I think. $22,000. Yeah, it's like 10 ETH or something insane like that. It's about $20,000, I think at peak, it was 17 ETH, which uh, was about $30,000, I believe. $25,000. Yeah. So pretty pretty insane. The project was not to hype things too much. (laughs) Yeah. So so it was interesting enough, it was branded as like free to own, right? And so Mm -hmm. now I wrote this Twitter thread that got a bit of traction on this idea of free to own um, based on like what, what they wrote in the press release, right? So Venture Beat did a press release with Dean Takahashi. And uh, in this press release, they discuss, uh, you know, why, why they did free to own, like how does that change from like traditional free to play model, right? And I think in the basically some of the advantages of that, right? So we can talk through a bit of that, but basically to sort of contextualize the free to own thing, I think, you know, identifying three main aspects, right? Free, own, and factory NFTs, right? The factory NFTs part is not like, uh, it's not apparent in the name. <laughs> yeah, so it's like free, right? So free stealth mint, the community begins for free. Of course, that creates like some interesting incentives uh, for, you know, some some have levied criticisms like potential insider, insider like, uh, you know, folks being the mint first or like, you know, folks who are just following. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be like the highest value add to the community, for example, right? Which, which is presumably where you want these NFTs to end up in the hands of. This is one side of things. It might be a marketing thing. Second is the owned angle, right? So I think, you know, web-free gaming, especially we are, we are in Future of Gaming uh, Dial podcast, right? Folk Dial podcast. Definitely that, that's a very comfortable concept for everyone. Like true, true digital ownership, right? Like you own your stuff, you can sell it, you can use it. Maybe it's not CCO. Okay, so Digidaigaku has come out against CCO, which is another topic we can talk about. But uh, anyway... Moving on from that, the third aspect, which I think is the most interesting from an economy design perspective, is the factory NFT, right? Because um, I think it does help to answer the question, like, why, what is the true, like, what's the utility of these NFTs, right? Beyond, like, you know, flexing or beyond, like, uh, yeah, it's actually a factory that generates, like, new NFTs, whether it be it for, like, gameplay or for cosmetics, right? So all these NFTs, the promise, at least, or at least the, the weak promise from, from, uh, Limit Break and, and uh, the team building Limit Break is that they will aim to drive all the value or a majority of the value of the game, right? Basically, like whatever players are going to spend on, all, of, all or most of that is going to be generated by the holders of the original Genesis NFTs, right? So that helps to answer the question of breaking the limit, right? So I think Devin, nicely enough, he broke, he, he talked about Limit Break. I'm going to talk about the etymology of Limit Break, right? Like free, free reasons. And the fourth one, of course, is Breaking the limit of fundraising in web free gaming, right? That's one. Boom. The, the the second the second one is limit break is the final fantasy term, right? It's like your ultimate ability. So like you know when you build up enough energy, you're like limit break, and then like cloud uses like omni slash and like you know, messes up the enemies and the like. And then the third the third um I think is Gabe Layden and limit break wants to break the limit of the m- most expensive gaming NFT ever, right? And I think like this is kind of the right way to do it. Right, you drive all the value to all the economic value to like the Genesis NFTs, right? I think the main did thing he, did he, is sorry, distribution. Sorry, better. Did he hmm? mention that he wanted that? I'm pretty sure this is speculation for me. But okay. the, the speculation comes from the the obsession he has with the question, how do I design a feature that costs a million dollars, right? So like how do you design a feature where a player wants to spend a million dollars, right? That was and a I question like he would ask gonna... in interviews, just to be clear. Like to, to trip people up a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Absolutely. Sorry. And then the final one uh, on the limit break side of things is to break the limits of how much a pl- one player can spend in one second. Because, <laughs> you know, in, in free to play, right? If you're buying like a microtransaction, a loot box or whatever it is, right? The maximum size that micro transaction can be is a hundred usd right so like that's the biggest like app store limit that you can pay but now when you buy an nft you know someone can buy and bought it for a million dollars you know when they you know excited about it yep. for reasons Easy. that i do not understand but uh <laughs> no i'm just kidding i understand but <laughs> yeah so that's kind of like the four i i think um ideas behind limit break uh in the name which i think is pretty fitting so yeah um i i think i've tried to contextualize it and um, so this is the factory NFT side, which I think is really interesting to discuss. And I think where we can go from here is talk about potentially distribution, like where it can be improved. Talk about like um, the new spirit, spirit NFT thing that he was uh, 
the the first airdrop right which is like a bunch of like spirits that you can then combine with your original nft and it can become like a royal nft it can become a warrior nft or it can become a rogue nft depending on whether you use the spirit the original spirit plus the you know factory nft or the factory nft plus like another spirit right so someone else's spirit so just like creating more i guess uh all targeted at creating like more transactions right which is kind of the incentive in this setup anyway for the limit break corporation so yeah that's a that's a high level overview well since you're the guest i want to start by immediately pushing back on some of the things you said Ooh. excellent and start out <laughs> yeah i, no, I mean the, the i'm merely i'm merely a messenger about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and just to be clear too, Ryan was like shilling these to me like the minute they were available. And like I probably should have at least right clicked if nothing else. But Dude, you know, I mean I might have is, made it mint, but Yeah. So what what's coming now is basically Devin making excuses for him not following right. up on Ryan's. I'm not a bag holder, so I've got an anti shill basically yeah, at this point. Go. I've got to, I've go got to bring down the value yeah. so that I can buy in and then pump yeah. them back after. This right? disclosure I have uh, free of them. Yeah, I have free yeah. free digit I got NFTs. Yeah. Did you did you mint them, Ryan, or did you uh, nah. buy them at? Uh, no, yeah, nah, I like, wasn't. Dude. I wasn't that knowledgeable, as some would say. Yeah. Perfect. No, because <laughs> that, that leads so, to my first yeah. pushback. <laughs> so you know what <laughs> yeah. happens? I actually yeah. got up I'm out of my liquidity. couch. So I, I was yeah. watching Netflix. I'm scrolling through Twitter. I see Gabe Layden post a link for the mint, and I got up off my couch to mint, but I was too late. But wow. I, I was down to mint um, that fast, and then what? like minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so I, I was wow. like, I saw it five, five minutes after he posted it was gone. So, um, yeah, crazy. I was too slow. Wow. That's all it takes in this world. But I was down, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I got above my couch, which doesn't happen too often. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially with that cat you have. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Should have been from your couch. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right, Devin, push back. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the first thing I want to kind of push back a little bit is the way he uses the term free is a little bit misleading, right? Um, it's technically true, but also kind of not true. So it's it's free in the sense that this, like, this initial mint, right, was free, but it was so limited in the number of them that basically you're pretty much buying them secondhand, in which case it's not free, right? It was free for 2,022 people. But it's like when you say free Probably to play. Even, right? All 500 what? people. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. So, so it's like when you when you say like free to play games, right? You don't mean like well, free to the first five hundred people who download the game. No, you mean yeah. free to everyone to play the game and and to play it, like right. So free yeah. to own is kind of misleading already right out the gate. Like I like the idea, but if if this is like the actual overall execution, I mean, obviously it could change from here. But the problem is he's he's trying to like conflate two things: free and own. And the ownership is based off value, and value is not going to be driven by being free, right? Like, yep. And so he's kind totally of like. Agree setting up a little bit of a paradox right there, right? Like a little oxymoron that he's going to have to deal with. And I understand, right? Like he's, he's a marketing guy. Like this is a marketing thing. And we've already gone through like five different acronyms on in, in crypto already. X, so this X is like, well, why X not throw end. one more in? Yeah. yeah. It's, let's just keep going. Let's just keep adding brand new terms because mobile only had free yeah. to play. You know, we need more. Uh, and so that's, that's <laughs> the first thing I'd say is like, I like the idea, but the free part is a little misleading. Um, I do hope there's more free stuff to come, but if you have to get off your couch within in less than five minutes to be able to get the free part, probably not so free anymore uh, in that sense, especially yeah. if you're buying in like at, at 13 ETH or whatever, it's yeah. it's about as far from free as you get. So it's like, he's talking about, oh, I want to make mm-hmm. the most expensive thing ever, and then, but it's free. <laughs> like, well, yeah. those two things don't quite well, line up. <clears throat> yeah, totally agree with you there actually on that pushback, right? I think one way we can kind of improve on the distribution here, like potentially would be of course, like having people who contribute early on, like who learn about a project early on, help contribute to it in some way. And it doesn't have to be like direct, right? Like, oh, you know, get 1,000 Twitter followers attributed, you know, to, to Limit Break, whatever it is. It could just be like creating content or like writing threads, you know, like really nice long threads, which are helpful and at least, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> writing threads <laughs> like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then, you know, put them on, on a list to mint for free. Right and like right, you could triple up. You're still doing work for you could, that, right? Yeah, that's true, I suppose. But some people don't see it as well. It still matters. Like, I I don't know if I don't know if writing the thread was work. I had like a lot of fun doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was like two thousand. Okay, I also have. I guess I also have some of an incentive to do it as well. Right now, right. I think about it. So that's like two thousand um, of them. But you could also. I think what would be nice is to see that happen over time, rather than like all at once. And you know, it creates this um. 
FOMO-ish behavior, I suppose. Yeah, yeah which is right. something that I, I mean, think it, could be improved on in future. If it was future free to own, using this model. them in game for free. Like that would be free to own. Is like okay, I can mint these in game for free, and then I get to own them. That would be truly free to own. But that's clearly not really what's happening. At least right now. Obviously, that could change, right? Like he's been in stealth mode. He's not revealing everything. But I, I seriously doubt. Like, well, he did say Genesis NFT, so it's like it's possible that there will be other things that you could mint for free in the game that aren't the Genesis NFTs because he's clearly said Genesis. Uh, in those. So there, it, again, it could change. And that's that's why I want to push back because I do hope to see it change that there is maybe some different tiers or different layers to this and that he's just yeah. talking about like this is like one part of it. There'll be more parts and stuff. And so I just uh, I just don't don't want us to act like this is uh, everyone's getting free candy out there and, and it's like, no, not really yet. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna Not say, yet. I mean, that's that's the hard thing with this whole situation is there's so much that we don't know, and I feel like that's a disclaimer to put on this entire conversation. Where yeah. mm-hmm. like Gabe has come out and said, "Hey, I'm not going to tell you everything because I know this is going to get replicated, and I'm trying to control the pace at which it happens." Yeah. Um, and so we are we're kind of making some fundamental assumptions about what this model will be, um, which is interesting because in a lot of the the press releases I've seen so far. It almost talks talks about coming full circle back to free to play monetization with the with the truth that you're able to own these assets and what that means in terms of understanding that the distribution of paying players to non-paying players may replicate what we've seen in the past but the mm-hmm. top end of that is where he's really unlocking the the cap or instead of spending ten thousand dollars you're spending a million dollars because of the ownership principle and so i'm mm-hmm. I, what i'm curious with this whole thing is how different is the model in the end from just traditional free-to-play? And is it actually that different? Or is he trying to prove the point of ownership actually matters from a whale standpoint in terms of how big of a whale they can be? Um, so yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how that'll play out and it'll be unveiled over time, but it, it's an interesting thought experiment. I mean, listening to him on some other podcasts and stuff like that, he definitely is pretty bought into at least a lot of the vision of Web3 stuff and ownership and NFTs and community and stuff like that. So, I mean... It definitely sounds like at least he could be going in a in a better direction, and it, he sounded pretty bought into the idea that like finally that this is less adversarial against players than you are yeah. in typical free to play, right? In free to play, you do kind of act like you're just milking them till till their udders are dry as much as possible, whereas this is more like uh, him and the cow are friends, and they're just you know oh, I'm gonna get a little bit of milk yeah, out of each day, and we're gonna be homies. It's like the goose, you know? Yeah, right. We're gonna be homies. You might spend more. Maybe you'll get more people in with with me, right? So you you know example would be like using the previous forex games that they made in the past right like game of war for example analogy might be that the the nft and this is speculation of course right the nft might be a kingdom for example right or like something that you then get to distribute the the you know f- produce from right so factory nft produce it pr- produced nfts right it's factories and production. it's free land if so, we're talking about it that way basically yeah, yeah. So it's like then you have to invite people on. You have to bring people on to to in order to get the full yield and the full outcome of that that NFT, right? And that's kind of where you get the effect of like, well, I have the incentive as a holder, for example, to go and bring people on to play with me, to to play this game with me, and then um, reap the rewards together, right? So that's that's one one potential I think path that that could that they could go down. But yeah, Philip, I think the way you contextualize it being like not very different from free to play. It's helpful, right? Because the thing is that I, I do think it's not going to be very different for free to play because they did mention they want to reach you know hundreds of millions of players, right? That's kind of a very like public ambition that they've made for this uh, web free game. So it's it's going to be uh, interesting to watch at the very least because one of the main challenges I think most web three games have, right? Of course, XC uh, eight hundred thousand MAU is the top, right? Uh, Step in not games in the same way that we think of you know future of gaming right we talk we talk of future of gaming i hope not uh so i'll, I'll discount that um but xe xe is you know probably the most the most users right and then all the rest have like a few thousand uh, maybe ten thousand maybe a few ten thousand who are playing the games right and of course like many more who aren't playing and just you know playing the market game so to speak right which is not the same as playing the game game yeah so i think uh this is a pretty good candidate for getting, you know, those those players in. Yeah. Right. Well, I disagree other... with that. Yeah. Ooh, right. Especially with 200 million. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So so one point is I think um Devin what you said about, you know, characterizing this as free, I think 
I also disagree with with that. I well, you're a loot chiller, as... so I'm not surprised. It's pretty much the same as loot was for, in terms of freeness, right? So <laughs> let's let's call oh. a spade a spade. It's kind of similar to loot in that PvP. sense, right? Like, so I can understand that. Is this a personal attack on me? No, um, I, I, I just, that's another one that I missed. <laughs> it it out is on, like loot. So. Yeah. Well, the thing, well, I would say these things are fundamentally different, but I, I won't go into it because there's enough to to talk about here with specifically limit break. From what I've seen from from Gabe Layden, it it seems like he's very much focused on like player spending and he almost sees that as a quantitative quantitative measurement of how good or uh, he is at game design and so when you issue something with a, a like collection of 20 like 2022 items and you you drop those for free and you sh start shilling those like he does on twitter like he under he knows that the price is going to skyrocket that's like his goal and so yeah if you're going to do something you're going to call it free you're not going to limit the amount of those to 2000. It just doesn't make sense. Like for him, I think what he wants to do now is going to pump up the price. He's going to use that as a measurement for how good he is and how much hype there is around the game. But when people complain about it and say it's not free, it's like, oh, but there was a free mint, right? They're making yeah. a shit ton. Of, they're making way more money on secondary sales because the yeah. mint was free than they would have done when if they had sold it's them so for smart. like zero point one ETH. It's so, so smart. it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. from a money perspective and from a revenue perspective, it, it makes sense. Um, so, so to to contextualize their monthly revenue, I can give a figure here, right? So uh, in five thousand one hundred or uh, six thousand ETH, I believe, which is about nine million USD in a month from secondary market it's transactions. Oh, so they're, they're taking a fee right the now royalties. on those, right? Yeah, royalties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So royalties. Okay. Which is no, wait, 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 so 6,000 yeah. ETH in trading volume, right? Of which wait. they have X percent. Do we know the X? Uh, how much uh, royalty are 10%. they taking? 10%. 10%. That's pretty good profit yeah, which is for giving really out smart. something for free. Free mint, 10%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. funny because like the, the mint here in terms of the dollars coming into the company is pretty minimal compared to the, the raise that they just did at, at 200 million. So sure. I, I really do feel like at most, Nico, it's, it's maybe like a quantitative measurement of how much excitement there is for the game because, like, obviously you can do a lot with 10 million, but compared to the, the capital they have available to them, it is a pretty, it's a relatively incremental amount. I agree. So but a, we're talking a about correction, it, right? so, which, is, uh, which is probably K. their yeah. main goal. Yeah. yeah. It's more like a Kickstarter yeah. raise where, where you didn't necessarily need the money to, to fundraise for it. It's more like a marketing tactic yeah. and proof of concept yeah. to make sure you have you the buy -in, player buy-in. Right. Start so, the, start I, the I do prefer player buy-in. Yeah, I do prefer that uh, model like significantly. If a team doesn't need to raise like from you know the public and from, from uh, I think for two reasons, right? One, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but less securities risk at least lessened, right? But I'm not a lawyer, so I can't talk mm -hmm. about that very much. Uh, second is um, second is I would say, yeah, it helps people sort of at least like people in the community, like if it's executed properly, like, you know, people in the community can like benefit from the upside of it without like necessarily anchoring to like a purchase price. Right. Cause when you, when, you know, what we've seen is like tip when people buy NFTs, they see it as an investment, right? They don't see it as a consumption spend. They don't see it as like, I'm willing to spend $300 dollars you know, to play this game and just like, you know, not, not worry about it going to zero. Right. Mm -hmm. When they see zero, they're like in pain, right? Negative 99% drawdowns and all that. They, they don't they don't like see it as a consumption spend right so i think you know having a free mint removes that anchoring right and only by removing the, the anchoring mentors, though. Yeah. Like, oh only for the instrumenters but buyers, you're still in the same mm -hmm. situation you still have to look at your roi when you're buying it off the secondary that's true but then uh i think there's less blame on the there's less like so yeah. you know what i mean no yeah. it's a it's a good yeah. misdirection for sure yeah <laughs> Yeah. It, also plays into, no it also plays into the entire concept of what if in crypto. And I think that's that's a psychological approach that we've seen over the last year of what if my, my token with a supply of 10 billion goes up to a dollar? Um, what, what if my NFT reaches this, whatever, 20, 30K price that we're seeing? It does kind of almost psychologically anchor people in the opposite way. Um, where you're anchoring from zero as an entry point, and you know there's going to be a lot of people paying attention to whatever the next mint that um, oh, these, yeah. these the, the, this collection releases. Problem and so, is though, they're going to be thinking about profit when they try and do it, right? They're going to be trying to race yeah. to get in there to the, the free mint, not because they want to be playing the game, but because they want to flip it. And so you're yeah. kind of back in the same situation you were in, uh, but you're just you're again like Ryan kind of sort of pointed out, you're kind of misdirecting the blame 
to the secondary mm-hmm. market, right? And you're saying like, there's just that much demand. What could we do about that, right? People are excited. It's not our fault. People are excited. It's like, no, it's definitely your fault. People are excited. Like, <laughs> this is intentional. Like, don't act like you didn't mean to do this. Uh, but I, like, I am curious if it does have an effect on people's psychology around retaining versus selling. Like, so it's like a side story, for example. Like, mm-hmm. I uh, went and played Splinterlands last year when it was, you know, like earlier on when people weren't into it as much. It was before the SPS announcement and release to give some context in, in terms of timing. And uh, and I was just playing because I thought it was kind of cool. And it, like, part of is part of what got me into, like, NFT gaming because I thought it was pretty neat. And I and I had gotten a card that was, like, uh, through some of the booster packs. I bought, like, maybe $50 worth of booster packs at most, right? Like, which wasn't a very big spend in the game. And I got a card out of one of those that was a legendary card. It, it, for those of you who play Splinterlands, it was Yoden. And uh, and it's a legendary card. And it was like, oh, worth 40 bucks at the time. I'm like, cool. And I just played with it. And I thought it was neat, right? And then uh, the price started going up. Like, once the game hit after SPS, and I started seeing it going up to, like, 300 400 And I was like, ah, that's fine. I'm just going to play the game. Like, I enjoy it. I'm not trying to flip for money. But then at some point, I was jokingly like, you know what? If it hits 1000 screw it. I'll sell it. Like, why not? And it did hit a thousand, and I did sell it, and that was pretty much the peak. And it's now back down See. to more like two, three hundred. But it was a situation where it was like there was a, it's like the, the every man has a price kind of thing, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. when it's still low price, you could be like, this is fine. I'm going to hold on to it because I think this is cool because I got it for free. Like I don't have to worry about like loss, right? Because I basically because I got that Yoden card basically for like four bucks or whatever because that was the price of a booster pack. And uh, but then at some point, like once it hits a certain price, I'm like, well. I'd be stupid not to sell this now. And I imagine once this, like these Digidaku, digi, I can't pronounce it, but they, they hit like a, a high Digi-daku. enough price. Like every, yeah. yeah, there's an extra G in there throws me off. And, uh, and at some point people are just like, all right, I got to sell this. Like I'm stupid not to sell this at this point uh, too. Like, because they know it can go back down again as well. So yeah. I, the psychology is complicated. And obviously that's, you know, one of Gabe's kind of specialties, at least that's the it, fun part. coming out of yeah. his mouth is mm-hmm. psychology. Uh, so it's yeah. it's very interesting to watch this in progress. I mean, talking so, about psychology, we can dive into like how you know you use psychology to basically push people to spend more, right? Like get people angry in games, or get people emotional or jealous and the like. So I can I can talk a bit about that. But um, I think you know he's achieved his goal, right? Like the the misdirection of sorts. You know, everyone's highly emotional. It's highly polarizing. Right, uh, we are here talking about it. Like people are talking about it on Twitter, on Spaces, he he gets you know he gets attacked, but he handles handles it all right. And he contributes to you know if you think again in terms of like CAC, he contributes to the virality factor, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. the K factor. So it, people love the word free, but it also angers people like Devin. I <laughs> know uh, I'm not. Yeah. I think it's actually <laughs> a cool cool project, and I'm very excited about it. Just to be clear, like just because I'm being critical, it's more like. Uh, not skeptical, but more like I just want to dissect it a bit more. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, so, I'm just teasing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a case when he says that he wants to have a hundred million players. I don't buy it. I'll tell you two I think reasons. It's too small. <laughs> so one reason is, and I've got this insight from Manu. So uh, Gabe is known for in early free to play, um, the whole market was focusing on increasing D1 retention. Which means that you want players to, once they've downloaded the game, you want a, a very large percentage of those players to play the game on the next day. Um, and so everyone was aiming for like 40%. Um, and Gabe and Machine Zone, they went completely the other, the other direction. They were totally fine with 20% D1 retention. So half of the players that would play other games the next day would be fine for them. But they would focus really hard on monetizing the the thick tail of players that ended up spending like a shit ton of time and money inside the game and so mm-hmm. you know the game one of the first game game of war that he made or the first big game that that machine zone made and was was famous for um in 2015 so the game came out in 2014 or 15 in 2015 the average revenue per paying user was like mm-hmm. 535 bucks yeah and there were some anecdotes of people spending like a million dollars or like stealing their yeah. parents' credit cards to spend like tens of thousands of dollars inside yeah. that game. Um, and so it's clear that he like he realizes that's a great way to make money, right? You don't have yeah. to focus on, on that early He's retention. 1% people happy. 
exactly just focus like on really those heavy. wheels and, and and milk those fat cows as Devin would say um, yeah. so that's oh, you know. that's the first reason why I'm not necessarily buying his his argument that oh we're gonna focus on you know we're, we want to get 100 million people playing these games like he he's known for not caring about how many people play these games but he he's known for caring about if people play my game and they're willing to spend some money which it seems like you know they already do um, I'm gonna milk the shit out of them right so Actually, that's, that's uh, argument uh, one I'll make argument a two. minor correction. Okay. To the, to the argument. Ahead, I have correction. a slight rebuttal. Yeah, so one context is that ARPPU 550 mentioned for Game of War. In 2015, the ARPPU on average for all playing paying users across games is $80, right? So that's the, that's the differential. I would say that also like, you know, uh, quoting Ramin Shokrizade here in one of his articles, but whales don't swim in the desert, right? So... They don't play alone. They need like, you know, the other players as well. Sometimes it can be Deer Hunter online. Sometimes it can be, you know, a sense of like, a sense of like stewardship they have over the populace. But there is a kind of relationship between like the whale players and the free players. So I do yep. see the, the 100 million player sort of ambition to be also somewhat valid, right? Especially in a, in a game like Game of War, that, those kind of games where it's like, you need all the other players to kind of support, you know, your pyramid of power i suppose yeah yeah i, I mean and ryan i was gonna go down that that line of thinking as well with like 100 million doesn't necessarily have to be 100 million active players but just the more signups you get the more attention it gets the higher likelihood that you're gonna achieve a slightly larger tail and find incremental Guys, whales along the way but okay keep going if Nico. you can get a hundred million players <laughs> obviously you're gonna want to do that my, my point is that there's an opportunity cost to everything you do right mm -hmm. you can either focus on getting as many players into your game as possible or you can focus on monetizing the shit out of the players that are actually spending inside your game my argument is that he's proven to do the latter right mm -hmm. um obviously like you want to do both um it's not that he doesn't care about how many players play his game but i would say that his focus is more about um you know designing the game so people spend more instead of designing the game so that as many people keep playing it that's well, my first it's like argument. a selection and, bias thing right where like he, he starts with a super wide funnel and then just tightens it very fast um, like it reminds me of yeah. the idea that like um, people always go, why do phishing emails have so many like typos and stuff in them? And people are like, why, why don't they just hire better translators or whatever to like, cause it's worth doing better quality for your phishing emails. And it always, and it turned out that basically like they actually leave those typos in on purpose because they want to catch people that don't catch the typos because those are the people that aren't detail oriented, that are sloppy enough to make the mistakes and fall for the fish. And so it's like a selection bias thing where they purposely are setting it up to and and he's doing the same thing right like if you stick around past d1 in that game then you are more of the type of target audience he's hoping for because he kind of weeded out all the people who weren't likely to spend and just kind of kicked them out of his store early uh, rather than have them hang around looking at products they weren't going to buy or sampling all the ice cream before they decide not to eat any you know it's like that that and i don't know if he'll go that way with this game right but like that that kind of idea like does make sense to some extent if you're if your goal is to have very high LTV per player, like you do want to select down, right? Because you don't want to spend time uh, trying to placate the free players who are just entitled and complaining why they can't play for like five years completely for free and have fun every single day. Uh, you'd rather be like, yeah. get the hell out. Like you're not paying. Like we want the it's whales. Subtly, you know, with, with design. Yeah, with the power right. of design. Like <laughs> that was it, such, such a good leave. story. I didn't yeah. know that, Devin. That was I didn't realize that, and that makes a ton of sense. So thank you for sharing that. I can't tell if you're uh, being sarcastic right now. <laughs> no, 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 dude. No, it, it's, never... it's a great context. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a it's a great analogy to bring bring yeah. in. I, yeah, I, I didn't know that. By the way, they they pulled like uh they're doing the same thing, right? So one again, one uh fact that Gabe mentioned in the latest space, which was like five hours ago, I think, was that he talked about uh wanting to be number one in Japan, right? So that's one. Of the ambitions for this game Big and the second side of things is that uh i think they're precisely taking that that with the anime girls right anime girls in various you know clothing attire apparel and you know with various emotion on their faces and the like it's like some people are gonna look at it and be like ah come on nah you know and others gonna be like wow i love this you know like this is insane it's very yeah it's very like again like white funnel and then it becomes like really tight right so yeah I'm supporting your point here, Devin. 
maybe it's a certain audience he's thinking too. Like maybe it turns out they're actually like the people that are really into that type of art and stuff. Like actually are the kind of people with the loose enough wallets for him or something. Like there might be a, there might be a very specific reason besides just being big in Japan that like he wants to target a specific audience. Now of course we're kind of taking mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of negative view on him too, just based off of his history. Like and when you listen to him, he does sound very like sincere in a lot of stuff. But we also know like he does have a little bit of a track record. So you just take everything he says with a bit of grain of salt. But I do think like. It will be interesting to see if he's kind of like changes tune a bit or if this is just like a remix. So and the second reason why I find it hard to believe that he's truly going after an initial player base or a player base of 100 million people is the fact that he issued 2000 NFTs that will be factories for NFTs that have utility within the game, right? If you truly want to have a big player base, I, I just don't see how it would work when you have 2,000 NFTs that are generating other NFTs that then requires the, the people that own them actually to sell those NFTs to other players so they can play the game. It, it just seems and feels so limiting. And so it, it almost makes it impossible for him to you know, find a way to get NFTs into 100 million players' hands because he made all these promises, right? People put yep. shit yep. ton of money inside these initial NFTs. And he so did make those it, promises. It, it just, I, I just don't see how that, how that play, plays out. I got out. the impression these weren't the Have only NFTs that M-way? could exist, though. Like, I think, I think there's going to be more Genesis, Genesis NFT sets. I don't think this will be the only one. I think this was just, like, the test run one um, to kind of to, to get initial interest. I think there probably will be more Genesis NFT mints uh, for other things. I don't think I, it's going to be limited to 2000. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, my my speculation is it's gonna be like uh, slightly MLME, right? Where it's like you have a downline, and then you have like the downline oh, that recruits more, recruit. and then there's oh, royalties shit. that flow all the way back up to the top. Oh. Cool, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. This did you guys? <laughs> sorry, saying, this is unrelated. Did this you my, guys my speculation. Read, did you guys read the Sets article <laughs> on um, yes. Web three is very culture is very similar to well, Amway, Amway or whatever other yeah MLM stuff. Uh, yes. Right. You yeah. think about yeah. it, MLM's a very I mean, it's great for growth. structure, though. Like, it's, it's a good, very good business. Great yeah, distribution, yeah. which completely solves the distribution problems of Web3, yeah. right? I mean, Dude. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, trying to be an MLM guy. I'm just yeah, pointing out the structural similarities. I saw some supplements. Isn't the whole crypto already uh, freaking Ponzi anyway? So right, of course. We're making it more Ponzi. Not we're just, we're, Ponzi. No, we're coming up with new terms for Ponzi, though. Instead of MLM, now we've got F2O. Right, like we'll, we'll yeah, keep we'll keep evolving the terminology as long as it's three letters, uh, preferably with a number somewhere in there. Like we can make it happen. <laughs> but Sometimes I do want to push back. Like, Nico, you do kind of actually like lead to the other pushback that I wanted to make on what Ryan said initially in those three kind of things, which is the idea of the factory NFT, right? So I think there's a little bit of um, possible, and, and this is the part where I'm not completely sure because I'm having to go off some of the things he said and, and like some of the things, but but without knowing some of the things he didn't say. Uh, but when you when you when you say factory NFT, right? Like the assumption is going to be that it's similar to breeding, in the sense that you can then breed or or uh, to, to as Ryan Mitosis understands it, like uh, recruiting in crypto raiders, right? Where you're like you don't need two of them to reproduce, right? So this yeah. this idea that like you are a factory now because you have this NFT, you can produce on demand and use it to make profit or like treat it like breeder DAO kind of thing. Like, but all the implications so far is that you don't mint yourself you can upgrade using that spirit system, right? That's not really a mint. That's more of like an upgrade merge fuse system uh, for what he's talking about so far. And he's used words like airdrop more than anything else. So, and, and controlling the, the game the, you know, company controls the economy. The, like the terminology he's used and the way he's talked about it sounds to me a lot more like uh, the, that limit break is the factory. And all you're doing is putting yourself on like the mailing address list like by by owning the nft like you're just saying like i'm on the list now and it's more like a complicated whitelist than being an actually a factory um because i don't i don't hear anything about minting yourself or reproducing yourself or like breeding or anything so far now i could be totally wrong on that just because uh there's a lot he hasn't said but everything he said so far to me lines up more with the idea that the company is doing the distribution not the players and that the players can then distribute like from what they get but they're like more again more like a multi-level marketing thing almost where they're like getting the the product to then shill to their friends and family but, but it, it almost in that case and from from what i've read on this so far seems like he's trying to flip the ponzi structure upside down sure, in a way yeah. or like instead of doing the traditional you know pyramid 
you flip it upside down and you start at the bottom with these, these, these exclusive NFTs and eventually those create more and more and they're able to manage the supply of what's getting distributed out. Mm -hmm. And so I think they will have more control over inflation, more control over a more That's Ponzi what he's types of so structure. Far. And yeah, and so I, I do think there's, there's something there where like if, if you look at the Axie model, right? Um, and we saw that audience explode. We saw incredibly high revenue numbers uh, coming in per user. And doing that in a more sustainable way, in a, in a way that continues scaling for, I guess, theoretically years to come, uh, that, that's like always the, that, that's what I'm hearing from him so far, is we're going to take that model, but make it, try to make it more sustainable and just run those, those types of revenue per user numbers into, into eternity. And that's why when I push back, it's the word factory, I guess, right? Perpetuity. Like, uh, I, I, I'm not yeah. necessarily criticizing the way he's doing it. I'm just saying the word factory to me seems to imply things that may not be true. Mm -hmm. It's like land versus factory. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Uh, and it's, it's, it's vague enough that it's criticism. hard to, yeah, yeah it's hard to Pin speculate because it is so vague so far, but that's just the, the sense that I'm getting. Right. Um, so here's two more concrete effects on limit break, uh, to, to reduce the limit on the information that you have. Yeah. So right, expand the limit. Over there, I think, yeah, no, uh, there's two more, there's two more facts, right? One is, um, one is that they are building, I believe, a 3D MMO, right? So mm -hmm. I think, my understanding is they're going to deploy to web. So it's probably going to be WebGL. Yeah, who isn't, right? That's one, that's one side of things. The second side of things um, is that they're building multiple games, right? So they just said this on the spaces. So not just with the core limit break uh, game, but it's going to be many, many games, uh, support, which presumably are going to support the, the NFTs. So that's the other, that's the other half of some more information, I suppose, that can help to guide our discussion. Yeah. I would love to know what's happening in the background of this, where like right. when I think about the raise, so go back to the $200 million raise, right? And whatever the valuation was speculated. I want to see the pitch thing. 1.8 billion, <laughs> 1.8 billion. I, I would love to know the structure that this happened within. And like, I'm just trying to think of how you like underwrite the return here. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously at the 200 million level raise, you know, some venture firms are underwriting the 10x, some are writing the fund return levels. I'm just really curious to to hear because there there was some smart money behind mm -hmm. this. Um, yeah. You know, this wasn't just a bunch of, of random groups that came together and, and decided to give $200 million out. Like this, yeah. this is some Paradigm pretty smart money in the background. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm just really curious, like what the structure was that got people comfortable with the upside at a near $2 billion entry point. And yeah. if there was a crazy structure that was advantageous, or if, if these groups really just do believe that this is a $50 billion opportunity, um, uh, I, I honestly have no idea and I can't even start to speculate that, but I would, I would love to know what happened in the background there. Yeah. I want to be on that IC and like, listen to listen in. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. <laughs> I, know, I bet you, yes. you all wish you'd gotten pitched on the game, right? So that you would at least got to see that pitch deck. Yes. Uh, what can you say? <laughs> to be fair, like knowing him, like I can see the, I can see this, the seed series and the pre, like the, the series uh, seed, I could see a raise there of a nice, like I could see a good valuation, like up to 50 million for a seed raise. Definitely see that happen. Um, valuation by, by the way. And I mean, cause it just makes sense, right? I think a lot of like, there's different theses or theses around what Web3 brings to games. And one of them is this, you know, this, this tail monetization right allowing people to spend a shit ton of money inside games which was always limited or has always been limited and now that breaks away through this mechanism and you know this guy is famous for building games that have like deep economies and incentivize players to spend a shit ton of money and so you know the fit is great so i can definitely see you know the seed argument here the fucking so 1.8 billion valuation that's a different story it, it's um, three x i mean it, it is three x's last exit and obviously you know venture valuations are very different than actual exits and somebody saying hey you're no longer just theoretically worth this amount like we are willing to buy you out at this amount yeah but like three mm -hmm. x's last exit for you know a, a pretty a pretty significant company um at its maturity. Yeah. Well, maybe so, he's just planning for MZ, rapid inflation, like hyperinflation. So the 1.8 billion will actually be like chump change. That's what you'll have to spend at the gas pump just to fill your car up. 
Yeah, but why are people throwing the, this money at him, right? I can understand why he would go for that, but the question is, like, who would pay it? Um, and people do, and smart people do. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah. maybe they already have something really cool. I mean, I've heard rumors that they, they've Probably got the something. To, well, he said it on Twitter, right? Yeah. He's like, I've, I've sh- I have things to back this up with. Right. Yeah. Well, so to no, me, like, the, the big thing is, like, the problem I've seen mostly within the last year or so of, of crypto gaming is everyone's so focused on, on like really stupid stuff like supply or like, should I have one token or two token? These dumb red herrings <laughs> instead of going like, what the hell is my business model? Like, wh- how am I going to make money in a way that actually is sustainable and makes sense? Yep. Like, I'm trying to form yep. a company, not some kind of like hellfire club that's just like screwing around all day. Like, and, and so I think that's what he's bringing to the table, in my opinion that starts to jack up the valuation where he goes, hey, we're not just making a game for the hell of it. Like I'm making like this new business model. I'm gonna take advantage of all the stuff I've learned over the years. I'm gonna like jack the stuff up. I've proven I could do it before multiple times. Mm-hmm. And to me, like that's the pitch that, that sells on it. It's like, I figured out the business of Web3. If you can convince people of that, valuation goes pretty high. Yeah, well, and the, and the fact that Probably more than half of that raise is going to go towards marketing, not the game. Oh, God. For, yeah, knowing him, like, it's yeah. all going to go towards marketing, yeah. practically. Yeah. And I don't think he's shy about that. No. Like, I don't think that's a, that's no secret. Yeah. You got to bring that's, Schwarzenegger that's not, back, yeah. though. That's not yeah. strange for traditional AAA publishing either, yeah. right? Like, I, I that, like him to hire to Ki- Kiko Mizuhara to, to market. Yeah. Like, some, mm-hmm. like, Jap- Japanese, like, uh, act, act, actors and actresses. Might happen. Yeah, we kind of said. I've never heard of that name, yeah. Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. And, and who Google, knows, uh, like... I am like Kiko. who knows? Maybe, maybe the, maybe the the vision here is, no one has had the budget to do what they're going to try to do, right? We don't tr- traditionally see groups at this kind of effectively seed ish stage have the budgets to say, hey, we're an actual AAA game. We're the first real AAA game that's going to spend 100 plus million on marketing, distribution, and getting buy in from the the traditional audience by going in spending a ton of money on reaching them where they already are and, and pulling them over to our side um so who knows uh i'm not really sure why the entry point was what it was but hey i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and do a 200 million dollar raise at uh, 1.8 you better be a quadruple a the, the dilution <laughs> the dilution isn't isn't too painful for the team um but yeah yeah it's uh it's just it's, it's very it's very confusing but uh, and on one side, it's confusing. And on, on the other side, I'm just really curious what smart people thought when they saw this, because they obviously have significantly yeah. more information than I do. It, it must have been okay. like, okay, yeah. My guess is I was, it was probably like a term ahead, written uh, by them where they dictated the value as well, right? So they chose 1.9 bill. They could have chosen 800 mil. They could have chosen 1 bill, but they chose 1.9 bill. So it's, uh, I, of course, it, that race happened, I think, at no november december period likely i think right during that period so it was said it was over yeah. two, the two raises basically so it was like two rounds yeah two races so it wasn't just like one yep. round well the first round was uh, i believe 11 or 12 months ago yeah okay <laughs> in conclusion i want to have from each of you a rating on a scale of one to ten how bullish are you on limit break as a game like from where Good. like the the end like bullish the success at what of the game <laughs> like whether it's going to be a successful game that's going to change yes. paradigms and the yes. like oh yeah i'm like yes. a nine on it 9.5 okay 9.5 yeah. all right respect it Devin? i'm gonna give a 10 just because he really does sound like he's, he'd sell his own grandma to be the number one game like dude is not kidding like he repeated it so many times in his twitter spaces that he was going to be the number one game that like if no one else believed it he definitely believes it like even if he had to convince <laughs> himself right then like Dude is like it's either going that's, to that's be how you a hire huge, people though, right? It's got to be a huge success or a huge failure, and like the worst outcome, in my opinion, is that it's mediocre. So I'm I'm gonna give it a ten, just just because like I want to see it, even if it's a big, huge, flaming wreck. Yeah, all right. It'll be, it'll be, uh, great to watch either way. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would give it somewhere between an an eight and a half and a nine as well, and I think I'm really heavily being guided by the, the marketing resources that this thing has. Like if there's a blockchain game out there right now that can quickly scale, like let's not, let's not underestimate the power of marketing, right? I mean, that's when you, when you think about a hit driven business like video games and the content side of the industry, like marketing is the side that really drives higher hit rates than you'll, you'll expect from like a traditional seed stage studio. And so like with a hundred million in his hands, you know, 200 million, but hundred plus million for him to try to distribute this thing. 
I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to knock it too hard, even with no context for how good of a game it is. I'm kind of trusting that it'll be a solid game at least. But I mean, with that kind of with that kind of spending power, it's it's hard not to think that he can take it a, a pretty full long way. Good. Nico? These numbers indicate that they're gonna do like similar to what Axie did last year, where like everyone was talking about it, everyone wanted to play it, everyone was like willing to spend a shit ton of money to start playing. Um, but then I hope that it sustains for a bit longer than than what was it like a few months. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go a bit more measured. I think I'm gonna give this give it a seven. Two reasons. I think one, it's not gonna have mass market appeal. I think what they're gonna do well is they're gonna have like a not like a niche. And this this could be big, right? But I mean, we currently have a few million players um, in in blockchain gaming, and I think the the who's going to crack that? I don't think it's going to be them. Um, I think it's going to be mm. someone else. I actually think Sky Mavis has a bigger chance at cracking that than Gabe Layden and, and Limit Break. That's my opinion. Anyway, so I'll I'll, I'll give them a seven. <laughs> Devin. Um, well, Devin, yeah. Let's Devin also disagrees. not underestimate Sky Mavis's current resources as well. I mean, that, exactly. Yeah, they have more money. So it is. Yeah. It is very. If their money's in so, AXS, yeah. I wouldn't say they have more money. But the, the <laughs> last race was. Like, uh, we're talking about. The last race was 150 mil at 3 billion Val. I think they'll be, yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah, Sky yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but maybe maybe so. it's on the bridge. Who knows? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, good, great discussion. Um, all right. Yeah, so we don't we don't have to talk about anything else. That was good. Final words, awesome. right? Good. I final words. Uh, I have a final question because there's a limit break and the success is a game. Second is uh, whether the Digi Daigaku NFTs are a buy or a sell. What do you guys think? At twenty k USD. Uh, I, I'll, I'll 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 weigh in last. So. Okay, for me that's a that's a, a sell. NFA, by the way. I definitely go with a sell. Like I I I I'm sure they'll be valuable, and I'm sure they'll be great for the people that need them or want them. But considering we don't really know the real utility yet, and I don't think it's going to be like, wow, I'm so glad I spent twenty thousand on it. Later on, I can't see anyone saying that realistically. I'm gonna have to go with the no or sell. That's so interesting. Yeah, I have I have a hypothesis that it's gonna be the the most expensive gaming NFT. Like it's gonna be the first gaming NFT that can be sold for a million dollars. It's like the best candidate that I've seen. Yeah, for a just JPEG? based on the supply, of course. For the JPEG, all of them or one of them. That, that's what, that's one. what I wonder. Devin. That's one. Because yeah, I was going to say because that, that, that's what I wonder is like when I think about the risk of buying one of 2022, um, maybe one of those is going to be a five hundred thousand dollar NFT. But if yeah. the rest, like, are the, the rest, rest maybe all, like is the, is the floor K. price going to be up there? Like, yeah, that's, that's where I get a little skeptical. Yeah, because hundred k times two thousand and twenty-two, right? That's already like two billion, right? Something insane like that. So it's not a lot to grow. Good. Yeah. Uh, so no, right. I don't know if my math is is right, but <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah. What, I what think. were your thoughts? So you you got some you got some some earlier, so cheaper. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you're you're hodling. I'm hodling. Yeah, hodling. Yeah. So that means you're, you're. It's actually a buy for you. In. In essence, yeah. In essence, yeah. I might, I might take profits on one, but let the rest ride out. Okay. But we'll see. I haven't, I haven't yeah. done so yet. Yeah. Good, dude. I'm rooting for you, man. Yeah. I'm rooting for you. If you want to sell me one Thanks cheap, I, I will take it. Dirt cheap, but <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I'll take like it. my that entry, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the the thing is yeah. now like the cheap has anchored right. to like not free, right? The cheap's anchored to like what three k or something, which is still insane. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they were free originally. What yeah. do you care how much you make? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good. Free to own. All right. Free to own. Uh, Devin, Phil, and Ryan, thank you guys so much for joining me here. Great insights. Um, I like this discussion. It was fun. And I'm super curious to see how this turns out. If I feel like over the next weeks, we'll probably discuss this some more. I feel like we might get some insights into the game. Um, I don't know. We'll see. In any case, Dragons. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you, listener, for listening. GN, uh, speak to you soon, and um, yeah, have a good one. Ciao. Ciao.